your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope, brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guests illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. We are thrilled to welcome you to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope. I'm Terry Ranga. Our topic today, July 22nd, Recovering a Child with a Team Approach. Nine-year-old Adriana Mancini has recovered from autism with a team approach that has included biomarker-targeted intervention and educational and adjunct therapies. We welcome our guests, Dr. Jeff Bradstreet of the International Child Development Resource Center, Mother Jackie Mancini, board-certified behavior analyst Alana Apap, teacher Kim Brown, and speech-language pathologist Donna Wexler. To our listeners, some of the information that you hear today will pertain to a specific child, and every child is unique. We're not providing medical advice, so I encourage our listeners to research the information that you hear on today's program and to discuss any significant biomedical intervention with your loved one's physician in advance of beginning or changing regimens. Thank you to our guests for joining us today. Dr. Bradstreet, when we're talking about biomarker-targeted intervention, first, our listeners need to have a correct definition of autism in order to know why we look at various systems in the body at all. What is autism? Well, you know, I think that's really where the biomarkers come in to be very helpful. Autism is a description. It's not a disease. So autism is describing three main symptoms and categories that have to be present in significant enough severity to qualify as a diagnosis. So those are the uh, language deficits that may be present, the social isolation that will oftentimes be present, and then the unusual repetitive stereotypical sorts of behaviors that those of us who know autism are all too familiar with. So that's the definition of autism as it is today, but that tells us really nothing about the biochemistry, the neurobiology, the immunology, the toxicology of how a child wound up that way when they should have had a, you know, a normal life. So uh, what we need to look at are those things that distinguish the child biologically and medically. What are the stumbling blocks to their physiology, to their immune system working properly, to their brain working properly? How do we get them back on track? How do we optimize their function and performance um, and do no harm in the process of, of looking at those things? What are biomarkers in general and as particularly relevant to autism, the physiological symptoms such as immune or conditions such as oxidative stress with which they're associated, and how do you use them to determine treatment of children with autism in general? Biomarkers are a fascinating area for me because one of the things that has always been puzzling is how is it that we can have a child with a label of autism come in and be um, a very thin, almost cachectic looking, very malnourished with chronic diarrhea, and we'll have another child with the same diagnosis of autism come in and be um, very robust, maybe even kind of um, pudgy, chronically constipated. Some children with autism have seizures, some children with autism don't have seizures. What's really going on? And then from a medical uh, 
uh, perspective, what I need is I need a way to discuss, to decide what's appropriate intervention and have I done a sufficient job of actually getting at the underlying mechanism. Autism is very complex. Let's talk about something that's a little simpler for most people to understand, um, like blood pressure. Everybody gets the idea that if your blood pressure is too high, that's bad for you, you can have a stroke or a heart attack, and the doctor's going to check your blood pressure, and if it's, you know, ridiculously high, he's going to maybe admit you to the hospital or immediately put you on some sort of medication. If it's just a little bit elevated, he may suggest some lifestyle changes, you know, cut back on your sodium intake, eat a little bit better, not so much alcohol, whatever it may be. Blood pressure is a biomarker, not a laboratory test, but it's an objective marker of something going on physiologically within that person that's unique and special to them, and it tells us something about what's happening. And in another condition, again, not autism, that may help the, the listeners to understand this further, diabetes. Everybody gets the idea that diabetes is related to high blood sugar. Well, no one would ask the doctor to, uh, to put their child on insulin, assuming they had diabetes, without checking their sugar levels. And then once you started the insulin, you would check their sugar levels maybe all day or any time you had any questions about what's going on. Sugar winds up being the blood sugar level, winds up being the biomarker. So what kind of biomarkers do we have available to us in autism? What's published in the medical literature? What's important that's out there? Well, a recurring theme in the last five to ten years that's been published by major universities around the world over and over again focuses on two main areas of dysfunction. One of them is oxidative stress. The other is immunological malregulation that tends towards something we call autoimmunity. Let's deal with oxidative stress first and define that a little bit. Like, what on earth is oxidative stress? Um, if you thought about a rusty car, you wouldn't be far off. That's, that's iron oxide that's damaging the metal of the car. And biological oxidation is similar. It's essentially the equivalent of what's happening to the car, but it's happening to membranes, to RNA, to proteins, to neurotransmitters, where unpaired electrons, these things that we call free radicals, oxidizers, are attacking normal structures in the body that within the cell that the cell needs to function. Well, you know what? We make oxidative stress just by living. You can't breathe in oxygen and consume and unite that with glucose to make your energy without also creating free radicals, these dangerous type molecules. So a big portion of cell chemistry is designed to protect you from oxidative stress. And it doesn't seem to be working effectively or efficiently in most children with autism. We can measure that. We can measure oxidation of membranes in the urine. We call that it's just being kicked out of the cell and winds up in the urine at the cell same house. Um, and that's called isoprostate. So that's one of the tests we can do. We can measure oxidized RNA that gets cleaned up and kicked out of the cell, winds up in the urine. We call that AOHG or oxoguanosine. So those are two really important biomarkers within, within that domain that we can look at. And then when we start to look at the immune system, there's a variety of things that are available to us, both in the blood and the urine and other tests that we can do. It becomes extremely complicated for physicians to work through the specifics of that. But on an individual case-by-case -case basis, after we get the history and determine if the kid's sick all the time or are they never sick, um, 
so they seem to have an overactive immune system or an underactive immune system, or are they blended? Do they have certain aspects of their immune system that decided to pick a fight with their brain or their GI tract when it shouldn't, um, rather than just defending the house from invaders like bacteria and viruses? When we look at the immune system, um, I like to look at uh, a very simple test of the urine called neoptera. That tells us if the immune system overly excited. Almost always an autistic case. Major university studies have shown that neoptera, which is a marker of cell-mediated immune activation, is turned on excessively in many children with autism. That's a simple, easy test to do. I like urine studies because they're easy for parents. You can send a kid home. You don't have to have a child in the office getting poked and prodded with needles as we try and draw blood from them. So that's a very simple way to kind of look at that process. Um, but we can also look at specific markers in the blood. We can look at antibodies to the brain, which is obviously complicated science, but it's doable. We can look at deficiency. Is this child immunologically deficient? Do they not have enough antibodies to defend themselves? Do they not have enough cells of the right types to defend themselves? We can measure that and see. And then we can look at the inter interplay between oxidation and the immune system because, unfortunately, if we, if, if we become inflamed and we excite our immune system, we tend to generate oxidative stress. And if we have oxidative stress because we got poisoned with mercury or we got poisoned with toxins from our environment, we'll generate inflammation. So those two tend to feed off of each other. The advantage of looking at both at the same time is if we want to really heal the body, we have to um, break the cycle of both oxidation and immune activation or immune disruption at the same time so we can get the body back on the track. There's one other important aspect of this, and that's related to mitochondrial dysfunction. And we know now that many children with autism have had enough oxidative damage and enough immunological stimulation to create that oxidative damage that their energy production capacity is down, sort of like a weak battery. Every cell is loaded with um, these little power packs called mitochondria. And mitochondria generates the, the energy that runs the cell. And if you have too much oxidative stress, you just can't generate the kind of energy that you need. And the brain is a very demanding customer. It's looking for lots and lots of juice to keep itself running. So it needs a lot of that battery power from the mitochondria to make things happen. So kids tend to do better when they clean up the immune system, when they clean up the oxidative stress. They become brighter, their IQs tend to go up, they become more focused. And what we hear from parents all the time is they become more with it, um, which is kind of the mom and dad's default for, I feel like I'm connecting to my kid now instead of them being off in the ether in outer space. So those are, I think, some important aspects of where we can look at oxidative stress in the immune system to really get a handle on what's happening oxidatively. Two more biomarkers that are really important that we do routinely on all of our kids. One of them is ammonia, which is really important, and lactic acid, and those can lead to an understanding of mitochondrial stress too. Ammonia comes from the proteins that we eat. Amino acids are just carbohydrates with an ammonia group stuck on them. Well, when you consume protein in excess of what you need, which is almost always, you have to pull off the ammonia groups and throw it away as urea. Unfortunately, that costs the body three very important high energy molecules to do that. And you can imagine if you're already struggling to make energy, having to get rid of excess ammonia is a challenge, so ammonia tends to rise. That makes the kids kind of foggy and groggy and grumpy and they don't do well in that sort of situation. Lactic acid 
with our cells can't generate enough um, connection between glucose and oxygen. So mitochondria are really starting to struggle. Lactic acid will rise. And those are the basic, simple types of things that we do, but there's a lot more. I and mean, we could talk for hours or days about the immune system and autism. I think that gives our listeners kind of a brief overview of how these things can be very important. Well, Dr. Bradstreet, uh, that was an excellent, succinct, and yet comprehensive answer, and we thank you for that. And I also want to ask you if that is what happened to Adriana Mancini. Uh, in Adriana Mancini's case, what her history was, how the biomarkers were relevant, uh, what you found, what that indicated, and how you addressed it. Uh, but we're going to go to a break in just about a minute, so let's get started with this, and then you can finish answering it right after the break. Sure. Well, Adriana, I think the, the best way to do about a minute's worth of discussion about her is to say that this is a, a young lady who had a fairly rocky start in life. She was born about six weeks prematurely. Um, she, despite that, was given her first dose of mercury while um, weighing only about two pounds. Um, she spent about four weeks in the hospital, um, which is um, a great place to be inoculated with lots of hospital bacteria and things like that. Um, she didn't do very well with her early feeding. She had a lot of milk intolerance early on. Her immune system kind of rejected that whole process. Many of those things, the, the prematurity, the exposure to hospital organisms, bacteria, the early exposure to mercury, that whole process um, kind of geared her immune system up to be overreactive. That led to some serious consequences down the road and eventually to what we now call autism. Okay. Talk about that more when we come back from the break. Sure. To our listeners, we'll be right back. Helping you make informed decisions for your life. This is Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com on Soul Healing and Enlightenment, join Master Shah and his assistant teachers to learn simple yet profound soul wisdom teachings for self-healing and to accelerate your soul journey. Learn about the significance of soul enlightenment and how to reach soul enlightenment in this lifetime. Receive many one-time powerful divine blessings to help you heal, prevent illness, rejuvenate, and transform all aspects of your life. Master Shah offers listeners his personal remote soul healing during each show. Soul Healing and Enlightenment with Master Shah broadcasts each Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. Voice America Health and Wellness. 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back. We're speaking with Dr. Jeff Bradstreet. We're talking about a recovered child, Adriana Mancini. Dr. Bradstreet, please continue. Adriana responded to it vigorously. Um, it was 
probably the thing that has one of the most dramatic um, changes in the course of our overall um, flow, function, um, rate of gain was when we added that sort of nutrient. But it speaks to the overall way in which we use biomarkers, which in this case, uh, we've got autoimmune issues to the brain, to go to treatment, which at the time was our best treatment was IVIG. And for many kids, it still is IVIG, although we have more immune agents in our repertoire at this point in time we can draw upon to try before we go to IVIG. That led to specific treatment for a specific child and their unique issues, which led to dramatic recovery. And I think that paints a picture of how these can be utilized by physicians. And I think as, as physicians contribute their portion to the team effort, which is what's unique biologically and what can we do in terms of medical science to try and manage this child and to remove issues from this child and create an optimal healing environment for the child. That's, that's how we do it, at least at our center. So I, I think we've, we've seen a very nice pattern. Adriana's uh, kind of an archetype of that, but so many kids now are getting remarkable responses, significant improvement, and in many cases recovery um, when we use a biomarker-directed approach and really um, do our very best to make sure that those areas of dysfunction are adequately treated. Well, Dr. Bradstreet, I really thank you for this absolutely wonderfully informative explanation that you've given us today, and I've seen Adriana, and she's absolutely amazing, and I just... Uh, she's a little bright spot in my universe, let me tell you. She sends me emails that are these glowing little affirmations, and she's so positive, and she's so cheery. Um, she's just a joy, a constant reminder of why we don't give up on these kids, and why it's takes a team effort of a, a dedicated um, parent or parents um, to um, the therapist that contributes so much to the, the retraining and teaching of the kids, um, and then the, the, the portion of that whole contribution that comes from good medical science, well-applied, and good therapy. She's an awesome kid. Great to see it. Absolutely. Dr. Bradstreet, thank you so much. Jackie, Adriana was born in 1998 was premature, um, received Samarasol as a premature baby, as we heard Dr. Bradstreet say, and lots of antibiotics. Uh, please tell us about Adriana's early history from your perspective. Okay. Well, now learning about the biological issues, the early signs were really there. Um, she was hospitalized at six weeks when her formula was changed to soy, and the doctors really did not have any um, explana explanation for that. All of her milestones were delayed. She was either constipated or had diarrhea. She ran fevers up to 104. And basically, Terry, we were at the pediatrician's office um, practically every month up until the first two years of her life. And she was prescribed uh, antibiotics over 18 times. What were her initial and then subsequent diagnoses? Well, finally, in 2001, we got the diagnosis of developmental delay. She was two and a half at that time, but it really didn't give us the explanation of why she was tantruming and not sleeping at night. Through early intervention, I met this amazing mom who became my friend and convinced me to go to a conference on autism. It was at that conference that was the first time that I got to hear Dr. Bradstreet and Dr. Wakefield speak, 
and then realized the agonizing news that my daughter had autism. From that point, that brought us up to like 2002 where she became a patient of Dr. Bradstreet's and then we started on working with her um, and doing all the protocols that I'd like to talk to you a little bit about further. Okay. Now, uh, I was I, I saw your presentation at the Autism One conference, and I, I seem to remember a slide that uh, talked about immune dysregulation and autoimmunity to brain. Were those actual diagnoses that were, say, written on our chart? Yes, they were. Okay, so please tell us about the various biomedical interventions you used, which of these you felt were the most effective in relation to which biomarkers were identified, and how the timing of the biomedical interventions and the educational and adjunct therapies helped each other. Okay. Um, another main important thing to really think about also when, when talking to other parents is, with the awareness of autism today, when I started back in 2003, a lot of the treatments that we implemented um, are still out there today. A main important one was the casein-free diet. That was critical because Adriana was the type of child where she, to this day, only drinks milk, but now she, we switched her to rice milk. So she's not the type of child that drank juice or drank water. When we changed her diet, we immediately started seeing less tantruming. Um, we did the standard protocol of all the supplements. But as Dr. Bradstreet was so eloquently in describing, the most and biggest change was when we did the IVIG. That was back in 2004 when we noticed this huge, huge change in her, which was almost immediate. Okay, and how did that work vis-a-vis uh, -vis the educational and adjunct therapies that you used? Well, what happened was at that time, having, again, this amazing doctor that we were able to trust and in listening to him explain autism, when you get that diagnosis, you're, you're, you're really devastated. But having the faith in him as Adriana's doctor, I was able, as her mom, to just let go of the medical aspect of what her needs were going to be, focusing now basically on her education. I went and I met with an amazing pediatric neuropsychologist who was very instrumental in giving me the tools and the support that I needed and the encouragement to, to have this amazing team, which was a one-on-one, -on -one, um, an amazing speech therapist that you'll be speaking to with shortly, and all of these supports that we were able to incorporate with Adriana in the home, a really tight schedule, the visuals, all of those supports helped with be the support that she was getting with the biomedical aspect of it. It was like a partnership in that respect. So we, were, we had such a structured environment at home. She was also doing the biomed. It's sort of one hand sort of helped the other. Absolutely. And I know we've spoken a lot about how IVIG was so important uh, to Adriana's improvement. Uh, were there any other biomedical interventions that you can name. I know you, you named uh, case-in-free diet uh, that you also feel 
were important to Adriana's recovery and uh, any specific adjunct therapies that you feel were most key in her recovery? Absolutely. Early on in 2001, um, we were doing speech therapy. We were doing occupational therapy. We were doing the IV glutathione. We were doing the IV secretin. The B12 was great. The digestive enzymes were very instrumental. And giving us a rest by just using melatonin at night, we didn't even realize how beneficial that would be in helping her. Um, but those types of supplements that we used um, were, were showing a little bit of promise. But, again, the big um, gun in her recovery um, was really the IVIG. And these were things that were coordinated uh, under Dr. Bradstreet's care? Yes, absolutely. So you were doing these significant uh, biomedical interventions under the oversight of an experienced physician? Yes. And, again, I can't emphasize that to parents enough. Having that doctor that you can trust is going to free up your time in his website is amazing because he's got all of his published papers there. He's got other doctors' published papers. Anytime he was enlisting a new protocol or trying another protocol, I got, a, I got the research paper backing it. But that really, having the communication with the doctor was key. Knowing that he understood my fears of Adriana's academic needs that were going to be coming up, um, gave me the peace of mind that I really needed to focus on what I can do for her at home and trust him to do what he's supposed to do for her biomedically. Absolutely. That's a great point. And when we come back, we'll talk more about coordinating the different environments. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, and we'll be right back. A fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com are you ready for a frank discussion about some very controversial issues drugs alcoholism mental illness self-mutilation death divorce remarriage and more nothing is off the table in the new normal your host adam skolnick will draw upon life experiences and use examples from his record-selling personal reality-based fiction novel to discuss graphic topics and harsh realities and give you straight analysis and awareness listen for the new normal with adam skolnick heard every tuesday afternoon at 5 p.m eastern time 2 p.m pacific on the voice america health and wellness channel a fresh look at today's health. Voice America Health & Wellness. 
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back speaking with Jackie Mancini, an awesome mom to an amazing child, recovered child Adriana Mancini. And Jackie, let's pick up with talking about the extra steps that you took to ensure synchronicity among Adriana's home, school, and other therapy environments. Okay. Again, the, the main focal point was trusting our doctor, giving me the peace of mind um, to create this amazing structured environment at home. I was buying time until I knew that now my daughter's going to have to start getting into a, a school environment. We were blessed with finding an amazing um, one-on-one shadow that we trained and um, took. I took her. Her name is Andrea Safici. Unfortunately, she's not here with us today because she's on vacation. Um, she's been with Adriana for four years. She went to the biomedical appointments with me. She came to the speech therapy appointments with me. She really learned as much as she could on the biological issues on how to deal with Adriana. And at that time, forming the team um, and learning that communication was key was really one of the most instrumental things to Adriana's success, having that open line of communication amongst all of us. Okay, so you took your child's one-on-one aid to all of these appointments so that um, she could learn all of the different pieces and they could all be coordinated. Absolutely. And I understand, Jackie, that you sent Adriana to private school. What do you believe is the importance of neurotypical peer modeling? And when you eventually sent Adriana to public school, how did you affect pos- positive changes there? Okay. Well, to Really interesting question, so I'm going to want to take a few minutes to elaborate on that. Um, Adriana going to private school was purely driven out of our fear of attending public school, and that was only driven by the private therapists that we had coming to our house doing therapies. Now, these aren't the therapists that are on the phone at this time. Um, they were just so negative about the district and what type of services a child with autism would receive. So Adriana going to private school, she wasn't really able to benefit um, the nurturing and the support that she would, that she's now receiving from her peers. So it actually was probably the, the most negative experience that she had. She was very miserable and was actually starting to regress in that environment. And after a, a very negative experience, um, I had no choice but to pull her out there on an emergency type of a basis and was left with facing uh, what I thought at that time was my enemy, which was public school. And that ended up being the, really the missing link to her recovery because they, they were just amazing. Now, I know that uh, a lot of people in the country may not have had the same positive experience that you've had with public school, but I know that you were very proactive and and actually um, affected positive changes. So can you tell us about that? Absolutely. Again, um, I didn't really focus on explaining to you, getting your child's IQ report isn't really, look, you're not really looking at the number. What you're trying to do is establish what, is, what are the issues that your child has, what are the core um, deficits 
that you're that are the areas that you can really focus on. Those are things that when you get a diagnosis of autism, whether your child is verbal or nonverbal, which my daughter at the time in 2003 wasn't, her test IQ came in at 77. But being five years old, I really needed to start focusing on academically what the supports she needed. I met this incredible neuropsych who gave me um, a 62-page report with 25 pages of recommendations. That's where I really focused on um, these were the types of supports that my daughter needed. And at our first meeting, we um, invited the pediatric neuropsych to the meeting we invited the tutor, the paraprofessional, Donna Wexler, who's on the line, um, Adriana's occupational therapist at that time, so they can, the school can already see the team that we had created. What was most impressive also was a letter that I asked Dr. Bradstreet to write explaining all of the issues that Adriana had biologically. So this now, the school was looking at her from the medical aspect of autism, the biological side, not the behavioral side. And I really think that going into this meeting, we were going to educate them on Adriana and not be defensive. And it actually ended up being um, an amazing experience for, I know them as, it, as much as it has uh, been for us. That's a really good point. Now, Jackie, tell us, uh, give us some examples of just how far Adriana has come. Uh, as I said, I've met her and I'm, I'm impressed. Uh, she's amazing, but I'd like you to tell our listeners, how does she show she's amazing? I know you told me a story about uh, leaving her with a credit card. Uh, go ahead. Well, um, unfortunately, this year my mother has gotten diagnosed with the early onset of Alzheimer's. And uh, we haven't really gone back and explained the full diagnosis to her, but she's the type of kid where the minute she walks in the door, she runs over. My parents live with us. We built a beautiful addition on our house for them. She'll run in the door, and she goes to make sure every day, six or seven times a day, that Grandma's taking her medication. She knows all the medications that my mom takes. Um, at the Autism One conference, it was great because we, husband and I, we split up. We wanted to see different speakers, and her solution um, to it was, hey, Dad, give me your credit card, and I'm just going to go have lunch with a couple of my friends, and I'll be fine. So, you know, we were, we were laughing at that, thinking that was, that was pretty amazing. That really is the, the thinking skills. The, uh, it's, it's a life skill. It's a functional life skill to know how to use a credit card and but <laughs> planning forethought. And, but we wouldn't have made it had she not had the support with the team members that are all here that have really helped her. Um, you can be the best parent you can be, and you can create the best environment at home, but it really has to be a team effort, and that's like my number one message to parents. Unless you're homeschooling your child, they're going to miss out on meeting different types of children and, and having faith in a school system. Your child's at school for seven hours. You have to take that leap of faith and educate these people who know nothing about the disorders of your child because they're all different. And by doing that, hopefully you're going to have the, the type of success we were able to create for our daughter. I'd just like to, to break away before the break and speak to Kim Brown, Adriana's teacher, 
for a minute. Uh, Kim, are you there? Yes, ma'am. Great. How has Adriana inspired you as a teacher in working with other students who have autism? Oh, she's amazing. She's made me want to be a better teacher, a better mom, a better everything. <laughs> you heard Dr. Bradstreet say how wonderful she is, and I um, repeat that as well. She's, she's just amazing. I've learned so much. She was in my class to learn, but I think I learned more than she learned. Uh, she um, helped me um, not only learn about autism, but how to just be a better teacher in the classroom because so many of the things that I learned um, to help her, um, all of my children can benefit from, from schedules and social stories, um, just giving specific instructions, um, and uh, most importantly, she learned, she helped me to learn to be more patient and understanding and just um, enjoy. <laughs> Excellent. And how did you coordinate your approach with the other portions of Adriana's overall therapy program? Well, I was very lucky. Again, we keep talking about the team, and I was very lucky to be part of this team. Um, Mrs. Mancini and Mr. Mancini always kept me informed if Adriana was having any procedures done or any changes in, in medicine or anything like that um, so that I can be aware of what's going on and, and let mom know and she would let me know. Um, I had opportunities to speak with um, her pediatric neuropsych and discuss tests that she had given and give me her opinions on the best way that I could help Adriana reach her goals. Um, I also got to speak with Donna Wexler, her speech therapist, who we'll hear from later, um, to learn about the strategies that she was using with um, Adriana and the social groups. And that kind of helped keep a consistency between school, home, and the therapy sessions. Um, and then as a team at school, we always met um, to review Adriana's progress with the speech therapist there and the occupational therapist there, the behavior tech, me, um, administration, parents. It was just um, a great team effort. So it sounds as if you feel that both the, the medical measures that Jackie took as well as Jackie's involvement in uh, Adriana's regimen, both biomedically and ex at school, encouraged her recovery. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Um, ja Jackie's amazing. Mr. and Mrs. Mancini are our heroes, and, and they're the best advocate for their little girl, and that's what parents need to do, um, be their advocate, be their voice, and... Um, and, and help the school learn. That's what Jackie did. She helped helped me and the school, I believe, um, learn so much. Do you think at first school staff uh, felt somewhat intimidated insofar as working with a child with autism? I, I think I, naturally you are a little bit until you learn a little bit about it. Um, I had never worked with a child with autism before, so I was a little bit nervous. Um, but, again, I was supported by Mr. and Mrs. Mancini and Mrs. Apap, the team, um, they gave me all the information that I needed, background information. I met Adriana before she even came to me. I met her at the end of kindergarten. Um, I was able to observe her. Um, she was able to, Mrs. Savici was able to come into my classroom and observe me, and, and we made decisions and planning um, way ahead. Um, you, you can't help but be a little bit nervous, but as soon as you meet Adriana, that's all gone. <laughs> well, how wonderful. How wonderful that Adriana and uh, Jackie and David Mancini could, could be so helpful to so many people. All right, when we come back from the break, um, we will talk some more with Jackie Mancini about the ongoing work that is needed, and then we'll get a chance to talk to the rest of Adriana's team members. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, and we will be right back. Your life, your health, your network. This is Voice America Health & Wellness. Would it be crazy if you packed your bags and left for a week, a month, a year? What if you left for two years? What if you were going far away to help in a village on the edge of the Gobi Desert? To spend time with people the rest of the world only reads about? 
to teach children and learn a thing or two about yourself. Would that be crazy? Peace Corps. Life is calling. How far will you go? To find out more, call 1-800-424-8580 or visit PeaceCorps.gov. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com and we're back Bob from Scranton you're on the air hi Ted love the show long time listener first time caller thanks Bob is there a special someone out there you'd like to talk about there is Ted I recently lost a very big part of my life you'd been together a long time since college this is for my belly my paunch my spare tire I know we had some good times God knows I'll never forget that night in Albuquerque with the burritos it's never easy to lose something that's been such a huge part of you Bob where'd the magic go well I'd recently begun taking the stairs more and more instead of the elevator and then we started seeing less and less of each other one day it was just gone. Small step number 67. Take the stairs instead of the elevator or escalator. It's just one of the many small steps you can take to help you become a healthier, well, you. Get started at www.smallstep.gov and take a small step to get healthy. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. Jackie, speaking with you again, I know that you wanted, it, it, it's uh, dear to your heart to impress upon parents that there's still some work to do. Absolutely. Um, everybody keeps throwing out the word recovered. And not that I don't like to brag about her progress, but I, I like to use the word recovering because I think that I'm working with her, and I know my husband is as well. We're working with her harder today, um, just as we've been all these past seven years. The things that we're doing with her now are getting her to better understand her feelings, um, learning so much from her speech therapist. She's the most, probably one of the most amazing people in this whole um, recovery of Adriana because she's turned me on to this great thinking about you, thinking about me. And that's where we're at right now is um, bringing to light the social intelligence. These children recover, but then as they get older and the academic demands get placed on them, um, even though Adriana's IQ um, is at 113 right now, which is considered high average, it's her really needing to understand socially um, 
and being social aware of other people's intentions, motives, um, which is what we're doing right now and working with her. So, um, again, having this great team and educating yourself, um, parents need to know that it, even though we're where we're at and we're great to be there, um, there's still work that we're, that we're always going to be doing. All right. Well, let's take this opportunity to talk to Donna Wexler right now. Donna, you've been a speech-language pathologist for over two decades. What's changed? <laughs> yes, it's been a long and wonderful road, and the more I know, the more I know I don't know. Um, I uh, I have noticed that I started out in 1970. Um, we would see maybe two to three children a year. Um, who were diagnosed with autism, and I know that a lot of people feel that now we're just better at diagnosing that there really aren't more, but I don't think that's so because I now have a private practice and over 60% of my practice is filled with children who are on the spectrum. And many, uh, I get many calls every week, um, mostly uh, about uh, children who are in the first or second uh, grade who are just needing to use their social thinking for their academics, and many of them are very bright, but they just do not have the social understanding that they need in order to cope with their life as well as their academic life. And that's the biggest change I think I've seen. So what were the proven creative and novel strategies that you used with Adriana Mancini that helped her? Well, I... I think as far as, you know, Jackie, um, thank you for continuously talking about the team. I think that we're all in this together, and we um, we really need to believe in the child and to meet her where she where she was. And to I, I think what helped her the most, in my eyes, was having Jackie in the session, having the, um, the paraprofessional come as well, so that these things could be carried over into her daily life and into her school life. Um, the social thinking um, strategies that we've used, I think, have really helped her, and, and just helping her to be aware of what she's doing. And we've shown her that on video. Um, we've had uh, peer feedback, and I, I think those things have really helped her. Um, I think the most important thing that we need to remember, Jackie, and I think you highlighted this, was that social thinking isn't a static thing. It's not a trick that we can teach a child because we're constantly adapting to our social world. And so that's what we've, we've been working on with Adriana is trying to get her, her to adapt to all the situations. And, of course, as she gets older, that's all going to change. It changes with each new environment environment with each new uh, person that she interacts with. So it's got to be a flexible and dynamic system. And I believe that's what work, works and has worked with Adriana. And I'm looking forward to doing more of that with her. That's an excellent point, Donna. And Alana, how do you feel about that? Is that uh, the same for the behavior, educational and behavioral therapies? Uh, what were the most, what was the most important function of educational and behavioral therapy in Adriana's case, and what were the most novel strategies that you used? Um, well, uh, once again, I, I just have to reiterate that it's the collaborative and integrative approach and um, with all these team members. That always leads to success, and although it takes some time and commitment, um, it always is for the betterment of the child. And we have to begin everything with assessment and identifying skill deficits and then teaching to their visual strengths. 
Um, everything needs to be individualized depending on um, each child, and we have to make sure that we're using some techniques that are research-based, but also there are some new and novel things that um, we can't be afraid to try those things and um, go out of our comfort zones or trust others to say, this may be effective with this child. So, um, again, um, listening to everyone from these multidisciplinary teams and getting their input, knowing that, you know, we're approaching everything from a whole child perspective. And um, it, in Adriana's case, it was very important to collaborate as a team since medical intervention was crucial to her health and well-being, and it impacted both her educational and behavioral therapies. Um, we found that integrating the medical aspects of her intervention was probably the most novel thing. Um, much of this biomedical uh, information was new to me, and Jackie provided a lot of this training to us. Um, there were some very fragile times that, um, and very difficult times for Adriana and her family, um, watching them go through some of these things and then trusting a doctor to do some of these interventions that not many people have done, um, you know, with a real leap of faith and then um, trying to provide a real um, healthy environment for her to be at school when her immune system was lowered was um, a little bit problematic at times. You know, we had to do things like have... Um, uh, healthy peers, maybe rotate them in the classroom and have hand sanitizers and the doorknobs and teach kids how to cough into their sleeve instead of their hands to keep her healthy. But again, all of these interventions are going to be for the health and well-being of for all of the students. And I think that um, also um, Jackie's commitment and knowing her child so well, we really used her uh, as a key interventionist. And although we had players on our team that were very capable of writing social stories, we found Jackie wrote the best social stories and explained them best to her child. And the next day, you know, we would tell her, here's a problem we're having or a concern. The next day, there would be a social story that came to school and Adriana would be rehearsed and there would be so much less anxiety for um, Adriana. And it reduced interventions that we needed to do behaviorally and academically. So we really benefited um, from having mom as an interventionist. Well, you guys all rock. I'm really impressed with how you got in school to even uh, take more hygienic measures. Uh, we have about 30 seconds, Alana, for you to tell us about the PeerPal program. Uh, well, the PeerPal program, it stands for Playing and Learning Socially. It's a program I developed 10 years ago in our district, and I developed it for um, children to work with uh, typical peers to develop um, skills and training to go into um, classrooms within the district and help out, um, and also to go into um, classrooms where children with autism may not be able to handle those least restrictive environments, and um, they would go in there. During the summer, we have a summer program, and it operates like a camp where we surround our kids during their summer school sessions with typical peers, and we've designed lesson plans, activities that um, are really designed to um, for the core deficits, such as theory of mind and executive functioning, and it's all trying to go paperless. We have PowerPoint lessons, and and we present them really big on the walls. Kids have response boards. The peers are in there. And um, 
they have fun. The bottom line is we see kids smile that never smile, and we see um, relationships develop that would have never developed in a school setting because they're kids being kids and kids teaching kids. Everybody benefits. Wow, that is fantastic. Well, if any of our listeners would like further information on anything you've heard today, please email me at taranga at autismone.org. I'd like to thank our guests, Dr. Jeff Bradstreet, Jackie Mancini, Alana Apap, Kim Brown, and Donna Wexler, our listeners, and our sponsor, Enzymedica. But most of all, Adriana Mancini, you've worked so hard, and you are indeed amazing. To our listeners, join me here at Voice America and Autism One, a conversation of hope next week, July 29th, when my guest will be the best-selling author, most recently authoring Growing Up Green, and the founder and president of the Deirdre Imus Environmental Center for Pediatric Oncology, Deirdre Imus. Thank you for tuning in to Voice America. Enzymedica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.